You're listening to the Savvy Social Podcast, the show for budding entrepreneurs who want to understand the how and the why of social media marketing. I'm your host, Andrea Jones. Let's get started. Hey, welcome to episode number 29 of the Savvy Social Podcast. Today, I am talking with Rebecca Tracy, and we're going to talk all about how to use live video to create a connection with your audience, which is so important. We live in such a digital world, such a digital age, and it's sometimes easy to forget that we are speaking to individuals and not just the masses. So Rebecca and I are going to talk about how she uses live video to do that and also just how she's built her business, which is really, really interesting. So a little bit about Rebecca. Rebecca Tracy is the head slash only honcho at The Uncaged Life, where she works with coaches, healers, and consultants from all over the world who want to have the freedom of working from anywhere by running their own online business. She helps people get clear on their brand message, create packages that sell, and helps them learn what it actually takes to get and keep clients online. Rebecca runs a free online community of over 10,000 solopreneurs, and I am in there. She started her business while living in a van and loves rock climbing and riding her bike around Toronto and rappelling off cliffs with her dog, Rhubarb, on her back. And if you want pictures of the dog, check out her Instagram He's adorable. All right, uh, let's just dive right into the interview. Hey, Rebecca, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you because I have been following you for probably over a year now. I really, really love what you're doing in the online space, which we'll get to. Uh, But first, I want to start with your story because I find that really fascinating. So how did you uh, start your business? Yeah, I started my business um, when I was living in a van. So I had had this idea of this business in my head for a while and my boyfriend at the time and I were talking about going on this big, long road trip, um, buying this super old camper van and hitting the road. And that was kind of the, the kick in the butt to really get things started. So there I was like rock climbing four days a week and then two days a week holing up in a Starbucks or a McDonald's or anywhere that I could get some decent Wi-Fi and just, you know, trying to figure it all out. <laughs> Oh, wow. I don't, how can how can you live in a van? Like, I feel like my closet is too big to do that. <laughs> it's funny because now coming full circle, my, my boyfriend now for how many years ago was that? That was 2012. So many years later, um, we just bought a van and converted it into a camper van. So we're kind of like, it was fun going on our first trip this November and it brought back so many memories of getting started with this whole thing. That's so fun. And you're located, um, are you in Toronto? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm in Niagara Falls, so not too far away. Oh, yeah, um, I knew that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I love that. Like my husband and I, we just like as total side note, but we like to do road trips as well, but we definitely stay in like little roadside motels. I think that taking your relationship to a whole nother level to be in <laughs> such a small space with someone, like you have to, you know, be pretty rock solid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely broke up with that first boyfriend soon after that van trip. <laughs> now we've agreed. Now, now my current partner and I decided to go on just like smaller trips. <laughs> something more reasonable. Right. So I bet um, being that you're kind of working and living your lifestyle, you know, traveling in this van, um, tell me a little bit about kind of like the processes that you have to make that all work. I bet it's pretty, it has to be pretty systemized. <laughs> you know, you might be let down by, <laughs> by my knowledge of systems. Um, I actually, so 
I think that the thing that, that lets me do that, that helps the most is the business model that I've chosen. So right now I run one main program twice a year. So I kind of have a, you know, a, a month or two leading up to the launch and then my launch and then I run the program. So at those two times of the year, I just don't travel. I'm usually at home. I kind of plan to be at home. And then the rest of the year is all just, you know, st- stuff like this, doing podcasts, writing blog posts, kind of like the lead generation stuff that has to happen so that those launches actually work. Um, so it's very simple. I'm not, I have one, one VA that works with me, Amy, and she's great. She does most of my like techie things. Um, but I think that I've just done like launched this program so many times that I've kind of honed in how the launch works and what I need to do and how far in advance I need to prep. So all of that is kind of systematized, but I'm so not like a, a super fancy systems person. No, <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah. To learn. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think keeping it simple is so important. Sometimes we try to make things way too complicated. Um, That's the thing. I've tried, I've tried to make it more complicated. <laughs> it always just stressed me out. So I keep coming back to like a really, really simple way of running my business, which I just love. Mm-hmm. Now I know with the way that you run your business too, you're pretty great at goal setting because you're really realistic about that. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I've been joking with a lot of people lately that um, I tend to set really low expectations because then if I set a really low, like low bar goal, I always reach it and I feel really good about myself. So that's been my strategy. Um, Not intentionally, I think for most of my life, but recently in business, I've noticed that actually it's, it is, it it does tend to be my go-to is to aim low, um, but it really works because I always feel good about myself. So I see so many people setting huge goals and some people are, you know, you know, obviously we don't set goals just so that we can reach them. But, um, I see a lot of people, especially newer business owners getting started and setting like super, have lofty goals <laughs> that maybe some might say are unrealistic. And then when they don't reach them, they think like, I suck and my business sucks and it's never going to work. And then they quit their business way too early. Um, so I like to, I like to keep things a little more real so people can always feel good and feel like they're making progress. Yeah. Baby steps. I mean, we all have to have goals like that because like you said, if, if we kind of shoot for the moon and then we don't make it, that feeling kind of sucks. <laughs> it kind of sucks, especially when you're a new business owner who's still kind of, you know, most people who are kind of in the types of businesses that we're in um, aren't coming from an entrepreneurial background. So you're learning about yourself as a business owner and you're learning how to do all of this. And any small setbacks can really feel like huge blows in the beginning. And so setting these huge unrealistic expectations and not meeting them is just like a surefire way to want to quit way before you should be quitting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, so true. Um, so I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about your community. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you started building that online community and how you got to where you are today. Well, I started my Facebook group, the one that you mentioned that you're in, back in, I don't even know when it was, probably 2013. And it was kind of before there was a Facebook group for everything. They were just kind of starting to get popular, the idea of like using a Facebook group for your business and using one like for some of your programs that you run. Um, And I got really lucky, I think. Um, A ton of people joined it right away. I just sent out an email to my list saying like, hey, I'm thinking about starting this Facebook group. What do you guys think? You should join it. Um, So it grew quite quickly and it kind of sustained itself. So even my Facebook group, I know there's a lot of people now who are shutting down their Facebook groups in favor of just going back to a simple Facebook business page um, because it's a lot of work for them. My group isn't a lot of work. I don't really have anyone, like I don't have a community manager. Um, I manage it myself and it's really not 
a lot. So I feel very grateful that the people in my group are awesome and everyone is super supportive of each other and we don't get a ton of like spam or hate or just, you know, posts that I really have to spend a lot of time um, dealing with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's really good because I find that um, these days it seems like there's so many people just really spamming out there. Yes. So I mean, we do have a hard no promo rule and I'm, I'm very particular about that. Like even even posts that don't seem like promos. Sometimes I'm like, I know what you're doing. Um, so I just, I go in and delete those posts, but it doesn't, and it doesn't take that long. Um, I feel very grateful that the community kind of looks out for itself. And if there is someone in there super spammy, um, people will usually flag it and shoot it over to me in a message and just let me know. So I can mm. go in and get rid of it. Do you think that's because of how approachable you are? Like you've built this community around kind of your personality. And my guess would be that the people you attract just tend to be a little more respectful. Would you say that's true? I would like to hope so. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that right from the beginning, setting the tone of the group helped. I'm sure we've all been in Facebook groups where it does just become like a crazy promo fest um, and the, the leader's not really around that much um, to really keep an eye on things. So it, it hopefully is because I've, you know, because of who I am and sort of the vibe that I've set and my, my whole business kind of has the vibe of who I am. So um, I guess it would make sense that my group kind of followed suit. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I love that. Now, um, the one thing that I really loved about your group and what really attracted me to it was how you use live video. Um, you're very uh, approachable. I'd use that word again um, because you know it's, it feels like we're just sitting down, having coffee, talking about our business. Um, mm-hmm. So can you tell me a little bit about how live video has impacted um, what you've been doing in both your group and in other areas of your business? Yeah. I'll start by saying that I do not feel good on video. I hate doing videos. (laughs) Not that I hate them, but I'm not someone who's like, I'm naturally amazing at this. Um, So starting to do Facebook lives was a push for me. And I still don't think I'm that good at them, but I forced myself to do them. So for anyone who's listening, who's like terrified of it, I get it. (laughs) So am I. Um, You're not as bad as you think you are. Um, Yeah. So Facebook lives in my group, um, I started, I don't even remember when I started doing Facebook lives, whenever they became a thing, I guess. When did they, like two years ago, maybe? Mm-hmm. Um, but I use them a lot now for my launches. Um, first of all, it's, and, and actually in between launches too, when I'm, when I should be writing a blog post, it sometimes takes less time and it's easier for me to just pop on and talk about it in a Facebook live instead. Um, and it's just been such a good way for people to get to know me a little bit better. Um, I do them like sitting in my living room with zero fancy lights. So my lighting's always terrible. And <laughs> my dog's in the, in the back sometimes licking her crotch on video. So, you know, they're definitely not professional. And I think that that's actually been really good for my business because there's, you know, when you're a new business owner, you don't have a ton of money to invest in like a fancy video setup. And so people are really relieved to see that I can just hop on and, you know, have my boyfriend walking through in the background and have my dog there and have it be really casual. I think it gives people permission that they can also do that. And it doesn't have, everything doesn't have to be polished and perfect. So it's been good in that respect. They've also, the videos have also been great just for people to get to know me a little bit better. You know, it's so much easier to get a sense of someone's vibe when you can hear them and see them versus just reading a blog post. So they've been a cool way to connect with my community and have people get to know me a bit better if they're interested in my programs um, versus just blogging. I love that. Okay. I want to go back a sec to what you said about the launches. So you use live video to um, prepare for your launches. Can you talk a little bit more about what that looks like? Like how many videos do you do at any given launch? So I try to do one to two videos a week for like 
six weeks before I actually launch anything. So before I even have anything to sell, I start getting on at least once a week, ideally twice a week, um, doing Facebook lives and just talking about topics that are relevant to the course that I'm about to sell. So this is just, you know, building trust, having people get to know me a little bit. Um, and then when my carts actually open, I do a Facebook live every single day. And for the last few launches, I even skipped doing an actual like launch webinar. And I just did a Facebook live that day instead. Um, and what I love about that is then I can go to my Facebook ads folks who help me with my launches and we can run ads to those videos which actually works really well. So that's one benefit. We've been talking about doing videos in my group. Um, I actually do them mostly on my Facebook page now because of that. So then we can actually run some ad traffic to them to try to get some new people in and make sure that, that everyone sees them. Oh, I love that. I think that's a really good distinction too between the difference of doing a Facebook Live in your group, which is very community driven and to, for those people who are already there, and then doing an ad on your page, which is really to get new people into your world. Yeah, yeah. And it worked really well for the last launch. I was My launch strategy was very, that's all I did was Facebook Lives <laughs> and sent out emails. Um, and it was the biggest launch that I had yet. So it really did show that um, doing those Facebook lives on my page and then investing some money into driving traffic to them really did pay off. Oh, so, so good. And I think uh, it's important again to highlight that your Facebook lives aren't super fancy. Like you Definitely said, <laughs> you don't need all of that equipment, which I think sometimes can um, get people stuck. They get stuck there thinking they need all of these fancy things. And really you're just connecting with people where they are. Yeah. Yeah, you do. I think the most important thing for Facebook Live is having a clear message, like knowing why you're going on, um, having something valuable to teach people and sort of having a little bit of a plan. That's way more important than, you know, you could have the crappiest lighting in the world and nobody would care <laughs> if you're telling them something useful. So um, going in and having a clear message and a strong sense of what it is that you want people to walk away with, it's always helpful. Ooh, okay. Let's talk about that a little bit. So when you're preparing for a live, do you like take notes to make sure you stay on track or what, what's your preparation? Yeah, I do take, I take notes because I can just ramble. And because I'm like a little bit nervous on video, I feel like I black out a bit. I go into this other zone where it's like not really me. So I have to have a, I have to have a little bit of focus, but I'm so not a planner. So I'll literally just jot down a couple notes of, um, sort of like the main points that I want to touch on. So if I'm like, all right, I want to teach about packages today. So I'll, I'll write at the top of my page packages and I'll write like the three bullet points I want to talk about. Um, that's it. Like it's super, super simple. Um, and I always go in and tell people what I'm going to teach them and then teach them the things and then recap what I taught them. So just to kind of help, because when you, you know, it's like when we're listening to an interview or watching a Facebook live, we got kind of are only half listening most of the time anyway. So it's really important to kind of help people stay on track. Um, yeah, so I just jot down a couple simple notes, but, and I, I have no shame. Like I'll pick up my page and be like, okay, what's next? Like, I don't try to pretend like I've got it all rehearsed or like it's all in my memory. Yeah, I think that's good because I, I like to think of it too. I do the same thing. I write down notes and I'm like, okay, guys, I got to check my notes real quick. Um, but it's, it's, we're teaching people and it's just like if you were in school or something, your teacher has notes and, you know, they're, you know, teaching what they know in, in a way that they're comfortable with doing that. Um, yeah. but also having guidance, there's absolutely no shame in that. Yeah. Yeah. Now I know you use video in other aspects of your business. I think you send videos out to people who are interested or in your course or how, how does that work? Yeah. So I recently started using an app called Bonjoro mm -hmm. and um, it's a little video app so that um, when somebody signs up for my program, 
um, I can record a little welcome video and like send it off to their email. It's just like, Hey, saw you signed up. Welcome. Here's what you need to know. Um, so that's been fun. I've done it, um, before with audio, but this, this little app that I've been using is pretty cool. I love Bundura. I've been playing around with it. Oh, as do you well. use it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It is very fun. Um, one of one of the the roadblocks I run into as well, though, is with with that kind of app. Um, and sometimes people think that it's not uh, personalized, so I have to make sure I say their name. So it'd be like, "Hey, Rebecca," like really clearly, so they know that. Yeah. I just made this just for them. <laughs> yeah, it's been happening with me too on Bundura. I can see that some people aren't even like opening. They'll open the email, but they won't actually watch the video and I'm like why aren't they watching it don't they know it's for them Mm -hmm. so yeah I might there's a couple other apps I've heard of I might play around with and see if that changes so fun and I think it's so important just we live in this world that's so very digital to make sure that we're making connections however we can and still maintaining some of that uh, face-to-face time or or in this instance voice-to-voice time Um, (laughs) yeah yeah, it's very, yeah. very important. So can you tell us a little bit about your next launch? Are you going to do anything different based off of this last launch? No, I'm going to do exactly the same thing, <laughs> which is what's so great. I think it's going to be fairly similar. I mean, I only do, I only launch twice a year, so there's lots of time in between. I, I kind of reuse the same launch emails. Um, I'll reuse some of the same topics for Facebook Lives, probably integrate some new ones. Um, yeah, but everything I did just felt, it felt really easy for me and it seemed to work. So I've, every launch, I kind of try something a bit different, but I feel like I've, I've found the zone now of what works well for me. I love that. And I think it's important, um, to highlight that you're not recreating new products for every launch and you're not completely scrapping it and starting over. You have something that works and maybe you make a little tweaks to it. Um, but you're keep, you're, you're staying in your zone of genius and doing what you do best. And I think that's a huge, huge, um, indicator of success, I think. Yeah. And I'm by no means, like a launch expert. I was doing interviews some earlier this week and somebody was like, Oh, it's so fun to have a launch expert. And I was like, Oh God, that's not a launch expert. I've just launched a lot of times, mm-hmm. um, which I guess maybe, you know, makes me an expert, but it's been fun to kind of figure out my way of doing it. Cause we see so many other businesses launch all the time. Like at least I do. And I'm always like, Ooh, maybe I should try that. And maybe I should try that and make a video series. And, you know, and I've kind of tried bits and pieces of all of it. So it's fun now to, to have kind of settled on a really simple way that works for me. Yeah. And I like that. So last question before we wrap up is just about um, how you keep things personalized. I know we talked about video, um, but I think that's one of the the biggest attractions to what you do is that you keep it very small. It's you, you have an assistant and you keep things personalized. So um, what are some of the great kind of, do you have like a great story or something you can share with us about how keeping things personalized has impacted your business? Um, I mean, when I, when I do something like a launch, um, and I'll get emails coming in questions about the program, I answer all of those. And that's when I'll usually send a quick voice memo back. Um, and it's amazing. I mean, to me, it's, it's, (laughs) it's a little bit selfish because it's faster for me to send a voice memo than to read someone's email and have to kind of synthesize it all into a, into a coherent response. It's easier for me to just hop, you know, open QuickTime and talk for three minutes. Um, but people love it. I mean, the number of responses that I get that people are like, Oh my God, I'm sold. Like I'm, I'm sold just because you took the time to actually respond, which to me seems like a basic thing that we should be doing in our businesses is, you know, caring about our clients and responding to them. Um, but that was so unique to people that it like, 
sold them into my program, which I just think is so interesting and, and kind of tells you about what else is happening out there. <laughs> um, I think it just really highlights the, that people are wanting to be seen and to feel heard and to know that when they sign up for something, they're going to get a, like a piece of your attention. Um, so it's always fun to get those those responses. And then same with the live chat on my site. Um, I've got a little live chat thing. And that's me there. Like I answer all those. Um, and people are always like, it's not you. I'm like, it really is me. Like, I'm not that cool. I don't have many other things to do. <laughs> Sitting on my live chat. <laughs> I love that. I think, you know, again, it's just an important um, distinction to make. Like, even though we're digital, even though we're all social, um, we can still have a personal connection and, and people, it's like a rarity now. It's almost like sending physical mail. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I do, when I when I run my program um, for the live round, I do send some little gifts at the end and those are kind of arriving right now, which is super fun. So I keep getting all these emails um, from people who, you know, had a really bad day or felt like quitting their business and came home and got this little token and were reminded again of, you know, all the work they put in. So that's been fun too. Oh, so fun. I love it. Um, okay. So I know that you also have this fantastic checklist that you're offering for free, which is insane, but, um, can you tell us a little bit about it and how people can find it? Yeah. So the three month checklist, I created it because I had, I always had people, the biggest question was like, I just need to know what to do. Like, just tell me what to do and in what order. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I can do that. Um, so I created the checklist as kind of an, a guide of like in month one, it says three months. That's an arbitrary timeline. You could do it in a week. You could do it in you know a year, but it at least helps kind of give you a sense of what's most important now and then what to focus on and then what to focus on. Cause I see a lot of people jumping right to like what's in the third month on my checklist um, without having some of the preliminary stuff done. And then they kind of go into this tailspin of getting off track. So that's why I created that. Um, and you could find it at theuncagedlife.com slash checklist should take you there. Awesome. And we'll have that link in the show notes as well. So for those of you listening, just click there and download it. Even if you've already gotten started in your business, definitely download it because there may be some things that you missed. Yeah. There's often things that people miss. Things like doing market research and getting really, really specific about what you do and who you do it for. And I see a lot of people jump into things like social media, which is great. And, you know, obviously social media is an awesome strategy, but if you don't have that clarity yet, all of your other marketing and time on social media is just not going to be effective. So uh, so back so to true. basics. Yes. The foundation of it all. <laughs> I yeah. love that. Thanks so much for joining me today, Rebecca. Where can we find you online? Come to my Facebook group. <laughs> I really should be saying my website, but I always just send people to Facebook. <laughs> um, Uncaged Lifers is the Facebook group that we've been chatting about. It's totally free. Anyone can join. There are tons of people in there, way smarter than me about business, who have lots of great support and help. So it's a really good place to come and ask questions and um, meet some new people. Yes. Awesome. And I'm in there too. So uh, I'm a little bit of a creeper, but I like to just look <laughs> at what um, everyone else is doing and be inspired that way. So uh, yeah, definitely join us there. Thanks again, Rebecca, for being on the show. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Savvy Social Podcast. For links and everything we talked about, please check out the show notes by visiting SavvySocialPodcast.com. And don't be afraid to continue the conversation. I'd love to have you inside of the Facebook group. You can search for us on Facebook or simply go to SavvySocialCrew.com. See you there. Bye for now.